is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Friday, November 20th, 2020, season 16, episode number 68. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. I got Nick back in studio with me. I traded out. Dave's now at home. Amber's at home. And uh, I'm ready to get into this thing. We got a lot to talk about today. We're definitely going to talk about uh, some injury updates. We'll get into some conversation about the Cowboys versus the Minnesota Vikings. Got a little topic we're going to hit around contracts. And, uh, and who do you think is the best player on this team? We got so many topics here today. And by the end of the show, we're also going to do our picks for this upcoming game, Cowboys versus Vikings. Let's start first with an update. Dave, uh, tell me what we, what we know at this point about Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence, who were both out yesterday due to an illness. From the sounds of it, it's kind of what we thought, which is more of a you know a bug, maybe 24, 48-hour situation. Randy's back at the facility today. DeMarcus is not, but Mike McCarthy came right out and was like, everything points toward him being available. So it sound, you know, sounds like a situation where you take a day or two to flush it out, and it sounds like both of those guys will be available on Sunday. Which is a good thing for the Cowboys because they will need all hands on deck. On deck to be able to handle that Minnesota, particularly that Minnesota running game. Uh, Let's talk about it. Let's talk about that Cowboys versus Vikings matchup. First question I have for you guys is Minnesota, they are are notorious for running the ball. They'll keep running the ball no matter how successful or not they are. We saw that last week in their game. Um, Can the Dallas defense hold up? for 60 minutes. Nick, let's start with you. Oh, I don't know if they can hold up for 60 minutes. If, but the, the thing about it is is that their offense is going to have to help them here. I mean, the offense is going to have to score some points. They can't get down. They they really need to strike first on this one because, you know, if, if you can maybe force Minnesota from getting out of the way they want to play. Now, they'll still run the ball even when they're down. Uh, I don't see the Cowboys jumping out to a big lead or anything like that, but but I do I do believe that it's gonna the offense is gonna have to be their best defense here. They're gonna have to score some points, and because if 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 Minnesota just continues to lean on them the entire way, um, I, I don't know if Dallas hasn't shown that they can hold up. Um, so and here they are with defensive ends that aren't practicing this week, and so it hasn't been a great week for that. But I mean they they're gonna have to. They're going to have to prove that they, they can hold up, and I just I haven't seen it. Amber? I don't know about holding up, but if they are looking to find some kind of success, they're going to have to be able to do something, make something happen right at the beginning because a lot of times we see that when the running game starts you know, playing well and they get all those yards and blah, 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 the defense, the Cowboys defense can never really come back and fix it. So if they're gonna try to make it work somehow or try to balance it out, they have to hopefully find some kind of success right at the beginning because if it gets away from them, I I just don't see any possible way of them turning around that game. Dave. Prove it. (laughs) Prove it. 
Uh, that's my answer. Because, I mean, you know, we've talked about it a lot. They deserve a lot of credit for the way they played against Pittsburgh. But to your point, Pittsburgh quit trying to run the ball. That was a big part of why that why they were as successful as they were. I don't think Minnesota's going to do that. I also think Minnesota's just better at it. And, I mean, Nick's absolutely right. There's There's not a lot of evidence that suggests that they can hold up. So I'm not saying they can't, but I just need to see them do it. Dave, you're you're either coaching the Pro Bowl, you're at the Maui Classic, or you're you're doing an Ace Ventura uh, costume party, or you're just no, just, or actually, it's just Dave Helm, or it's just Dave Helm on Friday. Right. It's just Dave Helm. It's actually uh, it's a New Orleans Jazz Fest shirt, and you know it's it's a little dreary. It's really gray outside. I was feeling a little homesick, and I was like, I'm gonna throw this thing on. So that's what I did. There you go. We appreciate. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's. It's ridiculous, but so am I. So it's fine. You brought you brought the party today. It's a Friday. We needed the party. All right, let's jump. I try to bring the party every day. You do. You do. You well. You try. Try. Not successful. Sometimes I'm better. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next question I have for you guys: How well does do the Dallas corners uh, match up against Jefferson and Thielen? If they opt to load the box, because I do think that the only success that you can possibly have against this running game is getting that extra guy down which means your corners are now susceptible. How well do they match up? Let's start first with you, Amber. It's it, it's always going to be tough because we haven't seen this cornerback room find much success against not not just like, oh, good wide receivers. This, this is just like it doesn't take a really good wide receiver for these corners to be exposed. So it's I, I, I think it's not going to be as bad as we may think. But at the same time, it's not going to be 50-50 type of stuff. They're going to have some trouble. And if they don't find a way to kind of keep close and not allow so much separation, it's going to be a nightmare all around. Dave. Watching that game, you know, the Vikings played the Bears on Monday. What really stood out to me is how obsessed the Vikings are with getting the ball to Adam Thielen in the red zone. You know, I mean, he didn't have, he didn't have a big night statistically, but he had two touchdowns and they were both short yardage. Cousins loves to look for him on, you know, back shoulder balls, timing routes, stuff where he can kind of use his size to box out the DB. And that definitely concerns me against these cornerbacks. I mean, you know, Cheeto's got decent size, but you know the rest of them especially with Diggs not playing the rest of them give up some size to a guy like that and then Jefferson's such an incredible route runner yeah it should absolutely worry you um you know it, it, to go back to my point about how well they played against Pittsburgh you know I think they really only gave up like two or three explosive passes in that game um but if Kirk Cousins has time to throw I'm gonna guess it'll be more in this matchup yeah, I mean the the cornerback position, you know they they faced better receivers. I don't know, you know, probably maybe even better duos uh, than this, but they haven't fared that well, you know. And, and it's just this from the start to finish. I mean, the what did Snoop say? I mean, you know, if it ain't one thing, it's a, it's another. I think he, yeah. you know, threw some words in there with that. other words. But yeah. if it ain't one thing, it's another. Yeah. And it has been. I mean, I mean, finally get Cheeto back. Finally. The hamstring from hell is back, and then Diggs gets hurt. It's like, oh my god! It, and it started all the way back at training camp as well. So it's been it's been a mess. I mean, this was going to be a tough position, even if they were all healthy and playing their best. Yeah, it was going to be tough. 
and they haven't been playing their best, and they haven't been healthy for sure. And so it's just been up and down, up and down, and it's it's been the one position I think that has hurt this. Well, not the one position. It's been one on defense that's probably hurt the, hurt them the most. Do you guys think that um, if they're going to bring that safety down? Maybe in some instances have two safeties down and leave their corners on an island to be able to cover. Do you think that you're more concerned in that scenario about the Minnesota running game or the Minnesota passing game? Nick, I'll take my chances on that. I'll, I'll take my chances. I'm, you know, I, I've, I've said it before. I've never been a huge Kirk Cousins fan. I think he's just okay. Um, he 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 can beat you if he's healthy and he's got some time. And you, you give him that scenario, you know, he he'll be better. But I have to just take my chances there because I think if he's just man on a man with the run, you're gonna get beat. So you're going to have to load in there and hope your corners can make plays and hope that Cousins is off because he can be. Yeah. That that's to me the best recipe because if they run downhill with Cook, you're you're you know consistently, I think they're going to lose. Dave. Cousins has played some really nice games against Dallas, going back to when he was in Washington. So he is capable of beating you. But I agree. I mean. Your your best bet is still to try to make him do it because I I'm with Nick I don't I don't think I mean, he's that good I mean I have to he's, point out he's, he's not two, that he's not consistent at least you have to point out he's two and six against Dallas now you're right the one of them was a 2015 I think 400 yards and I mean they he him and Kellen Moore were going at it that day uh, but, <laughs> but which no. also don't don't discount I mean uh, I think 2016 comes well 2016 comes to mind he lost both of those games but. He bombed away. I mean, he in the Thanksgiving game when Washington came here in 2016, he threw for like 430, mm. and Dak was just Dak was up to the challenge. Yeah. Um, I think Dallas won that game by seven. But I mean, so I mean, not always winning efforts, but he has played some really good games against the Cowboys. So, but I still think I would rather force him to play a great game than just let Dalvin Cook yeah. do do his thing. Amber. No, I agree with everything that's said. I mean, that's the kind of risk you're going to have to take because the other option is way worse. And we've seen Dallas, how much they've struggled at trying to stop the run. And look at this team, how much success they're having with their running game. So you're going to have to have all hands on deck because otherwise it's either pick, pitch, pick which, which kind of death do you want. Do you want a slow death? Or do you want a fast death? Gosh. So I think uh, I would go <laughs> for maybe the slow death. <laughs> and no. I'm not trying to give my pick already for the game, but it, it's just going to uh, a slow death maybe gives you a chance to to patch up your wounds and, and, and come back to life. So, uh, yeah, all hands on deck on trying to stop the running Man, game. It used Other. to just be pick your poison, you know, <laughs> and then you just kind of figure it out from there. But, I mean, I really get into the death talk and the yeah. patching your holes and all that. Wow. That was a really morbid answer, we're AG. Just, <laughs> we're really we're just Sorry. embracing 2020. That's <laughs> right. That's a 2020 answer. All right. So let's flip to the other side of the ball. Um, do you guys expect this offense to be better than they were with Gilbert versus Pittsburgh? Now, that was a better defense by far. Like, this defense is not special. This Minnesota defense is not special. We heard Bucky say earlier this week it's probably the worst that Mike Zimmer has had since he's been there. But do you expect them to be better than they were against Pittsburgh? Because I thought the offense, for the first time since Dak has been out, actually looked decent, mm -hmm. looked okay. They looked like an offense that could possibly win a game or two. Let's start first with you, Amber. I hope so. I hope so. I think that having Joe Looney in there, Zach Martin, clearly helped a lot with the O-line. And hopefully 
hopefully, even though I'm I'm part of the group of people that kept vowing for Garrett Gilbert and wanting to see him play this upcoming game again, but uh, hopefully Andy Dalton is back on his feet all well and he makes this offense click a little bit better than what we saw last week with Garrett Gilbert. So I, I would imagine that they are able to play it better than what they did last week. Dave. This might be like this. This will be what I eat crow about the most in the coming weeks because I just, for some reason, I just feel this confidence that Andy Dalton's going to look a lot better in this go around. He's going to have Zach Martin in front of him. He'll have Joe Looney there. So he's got two veterans, hopefully keeping the pocket a little bit cleaner. Minnesota doesn't have the pass rushers that Washington had that that flustered him so much. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure Terrence Steele will have, you know, it, it's always an adventure, but there's not a guy over there that that should be able to just abuse him like we've seen a couple times this season. And I really, I think I think this offense is going to look pretty good. Like not, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to look like when Dak was here, but I think Dalton should have time. I think he'll be able to, you know, he'll be able to find all three of his receivers. He's not going to be zeroing in on a guy. And I think... I think this is going to be the best that the offense has looked since Dak got hurt. That's what I think. Uh, and, more than a touchdown? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, they will look, and I, I don't know if they'll win, but I just think that they will look like a competent NFL offense. And, yeah, so I'm, I'm eager to see how smart or stupid I look because I, I really think Dalton's going to play well. I don't really know why. I just do. Um, I don't see them playing well so much, but um – you don't see the offense playing well. Well, I mean, oh, the team. You saying uh, offense? I can kind of, I can kind of see what 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 Dave's saying a little bit, but I mean, it's just like like he just yelled out earlier about prove it. I mean, I'm just kind of at that point with the offense. Like, you know, they're gonna have to prove it. Uh, but it, but it's it's good to think that way. I mean, I do think that he'll be better than than Gilbert. I I still believe that. Um, but but the the one thing that he's gonna have to show that he's better than Gilbert and, and when Garrett Gilbert really surprised me with his mobility, with his awareness and figuring out where the blitz was coming from, mm-hmm. and even about to go down and finding Zeke and thought that play was amazing. You know Zeke could have spun out of that. That would have been a huge play. But you know I just think I think that's what Dalton's got to be good at. I think he's gonna see things. I think he's gonna be able to throw it probably better. But he's gonna have to to show that mobility. I just I think they'll be a little bit better, but I I'm not I'm not saying more than two touchdowns. They might get two touchdowns, but I'm not saying more than two. So yeah. the bar is so low that yeah, you can you can be better. I mean, they're missing. They're still obviously missing their two tackles, and that means sure. a lot. But you look at the interior of the offensive line. It's back to the guys that they thought coming into the season would be their starters. So you'd expect that you should be able to get better play from the interior part of your offensive line. You're not playing a game this week against a team that has. Uh, what you would think are premier defensive end pass rusher types. So you would hope, you would hope uh, that the Cowboys' offensive line will look better this week, and that will give Andy some opportunities to be able to show what he can do. As Jerry says, he is a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. We'll see if they can get that kind of production out of him this week. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we got lots of other questions we're going to get to. A lot of these other questions are going to be bigger picture. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. 
Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Tis the season for football and holiday fun, Cowboy fans. You can start your holiday at Dallas Cowboys Pro Shops to find a huge selection of jerseys, cold weather gear, and the hottest holiday gifts. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop to find deals online and shop at DallasCowboys.com for the best Cowboy gear and gifts. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Let's keep going. Next question for you guys. Listening to the players talk this week, and I heard Tank talk about it, I heard Cheeto talk about it, Andy Dalton talked about it a little bit, Zeke did, and even this morning Mike McCarthy talked a little about it. They seem convinced that they have a good football team. Despite the record, despite the other things, they seem convinced that they have a good football team. What areas down the stretch could you see them being better than they've been so far to get better results? Let's start first with you, Nick. Uh, I think that you know, if they t- don't turn the ball over, you know, I mean, that's the one thing about the defense that, that's been so, so challenging for them is that, I mean, they're they're not really that good anyways. But then when when you turn the ball over in your own end like that, it's only magnifying what's what's happening. Um, so I just think that it's 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 a situation that they need to play. I mean, they need to play better. Don't turn the ball over. And and then I think that if you give teams you know longer longer fields to go score, I think that they can be in these games a little bit more. And you think that's an area they can be better? Like you you expect that they will be better down the stretch in that area? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't think the turnovers will be as bad as they've been. Okay. Amber. I think there are a lot of areas that need improvement, clearly. But one that I think that they can possibly get better at is just being able to score, period. Other than just having to get to field goal range and having to kick it. I think that, that they can get to a point where they can finally start moving the ball and get into the end zone. Dave. For starters, I just want to say, like, I hope that they think they're good. Like, if they don't even think they're good, what are the rest of us even doing here? I mean, that's I, – I would hope the guys in there, you know, are capable of digging down and finding that confidence even in these circumstances. Um, 
I mean, I, I at least have some optimism that the defense can keep this trend going. You know, I, we said it so many times in September and October that, like, it is an anomaly for an NFL defense to look this awful. You know, just as hapless as they looked in ga- in, in the Cleveland game and uh, the Seattle game, obviously the Washington game. Um, that's that's not normal. Like, even bad NFL defenses look better than that. So... I'm I'm absolutely optimistic that that they will look more like a professional football defense in the last seven games. Okay, so I'm going to ask this question. I want to go back around the table and say, okay, so based upon what you said, uh, was there you thought they could get better? What have you seen that gives you evidence, at least in your mind, that convinces you there's a possibility they can be better in that area, Nick? Well, I don't think I just don't think that history shows that you're going to turn the ball over as much as that. I mean, they come in bunches, right? Which means they don't come in bunches as well. From on the flip side, so I just does think that mean they might be coming in bunches for them too, so to actually get some turnovers. They did, didn't they get like four in in a game yeah. against yeah. Philly? Is that all? Like, yeah, is that our bunch? Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, <laughs> I was thinking of something else. Um, um, I think that I just I don't think they're going to play. I don't think they're going to turn the ball over that bad, and I think that the, I think the offensive because they all think the offensive line will get better, and that's where a lot of the, the turnover problems came from. And so, therefore, I just think if you continue to keep punting the ball, and you have a, you know maybe a better punter than you've had, and a, you know you can keep that doing helps. that and giving teams longer fields, I think the game can be way more competitive. And when it's competitive, then it's close. And if it's close, it comes down to field goals. If it comes down to field goals, I think Zerline can make them. So I think you win more games. It's just a domino effect. Start right. the turnovers. So Amber, what, what have you seen or what do you see in this team that makes you think they'll be able to score more down the stretch? Red zone. Well, I mean, based on what I saw in the game against the Steelers, yeah, it, they only were able to score once. Uh, one touchdown, but at the same time, you were able to see some some more movement, some more energy there on the offense, some more connection. And I know it was a different quarterback, but I still think that whether it's Andy or maybe Gary Gilbert, we'll see uh, down the line what happens there at quarterback. But if you keep Joe Looney in there, Zach Martin, just having them both back in there uh, clearly helped. Uh, seeing some of the things that Cedric Wilson was doing, I think it's it, it's heading towards the right the direction as well as the running game. Some of the things that Tony Pollard was able to do, and I think that if the Cowboys keep trying to find the right combination between how many snaps to give each guy, Zeke and Tony, if they find the good combination there, I think that the the offense can finally get the ball moving a lot more and get there to the end zone. So. There are just little positive things that, that we, I think we all were able to see in that Steelers games that gives me the hope that they are just able to play better overall in the next uh, few months here, here, next few games. What's your proof, Dave? Well, for starters, is you know two back-to-back really nice defensive performances. You know, and they gave up. 17 points to Philly because one of those touchdowns was defensive. Uh, I know Philly's terrible, but that's still better than what we were looking at. And then, again, Pittsburgh's offense isn't a juggernaut, but that's a talented offense with a very good, wily quarterback that they were able to keep in check for the most part. And on top of that, let's just be honest, they don't play very many good teams the rest of the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they got three games against the division, they got a banged-up 49ers team that might not have Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Uh, and and he, I mean, Baltimore is a much better team than Dallas, but like their offense hasn't looked as amazing as it did last year. So these aren't these aren't juggernauts that you have to keep in check down the stretch. I really, I've, I've said this a few times this week. I think this game will be a really good litmus test because. This is one of the best offenses left on the schedule. Probably, even with a losing record, the Vikings are one of the two best teams left on the schedule. So, I don't even need them to win. But if they just play a competent, close game, that gives me a lot of faith that that they can win some games and be competitive with what's left on the schedule. Yep. All right, let's move on to the next question I have for you guys. This question might take a little bit of time, so let's, let's dive in. Um, which of the current players, and I, I teed this up yesterday when we were talking about uh, the contracts of some of these guys, which of the current players or contracts or a future contract is worse for Dallas? And I'll give you guys some of the list of what we have. Zeke Elliott, he's on a six-year, $90 million deal, $50 million guaranteed. He is the number two highest paid running back in the NFL. Jalen Smith is a six-year deal, $68 million, $35 million guaranteed. He is the number six highest paid inside linebacker in the NFL. DeMarcus Lawrence, a five-year, $105 million deal, $65 million guaranteed. He's the number five highest paid defensive end. However, there's one interesting note to that. He's number 16th in cap hit among defensive ends, which actually favors the Cowboys a little bit there. Um, and then you've got Dak Prescott, and we don't know the terms of his new deal, but the expectation is he's projected to be somewhere, if the Cowboys get a deal done, projected to be somewhere at least above $35 million, possibly $40-plus million annually. Which is the worst deal for the Cowboys, based on what we know right now? Let's start with you, Dave. I, I would have to say I think it's Jalen, and I don't know that it's particularly close to be honest with you uh i know you know and i think we're going to get into zeke a lot of people are hating on zeke a lot of people are talking about how much the cowboys regret that contract and i don't i don't necessarily disagree like i don't think that contract is a great thing right now but i was trying to think of an analogy for this i look at i look at zeke zeke's contract you know we love to use cars in these football analogies like if the cowboys are a car then Zeke's contract is like these big, gaudy, badass tires, and they're like not inflated properly. You know, like you don't have the right PSI, you're not getting good gas mileage, the car's not driving as fast or as smoothly as it's supposed to, but you can still get from point A to point B. Like you can still win football games and be a good football team with Zeke. Jalen Smith is more like you're driving a car with a faulty transmission. Like he's just... (laughs) He's 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 he is for what you are paying him. He is a liability, and he's supposed to be a foundational piece of your defense. And that's just not what's happening. Like, if everything's great with the offense and everybody's out there, even if you feel like you're overpaying Zeke, like he can still contribute to a successful offense. Jalen Smith, he's he's not playing. He's not even playing at that level, and it makes you wonder, like. Can you feel the successful defense if this guy is the center of it? And if you can't, then how do you get out from under the size of that contract? Like that more than anything else is that's the number one thing that I have circled for the Cowboys is like, what are we going to do about Jalen Smith? Amber, which is the worst contract? I was going to say Jalen as well. And I mean, just how they structured everything, it just, it, it was a bang. 
it was a bad deal. I would not have done it to begin with because I was never convinced with Jalen. But now it's to the point where I was talking about it with Nick and you know, I always have issues with all these contracts and trying to understand them and money and cap and blah, blah, blah. And apparently you lose all that money anyway. So it's like either you just lose all the money or just decide to keep him. If you keep him, then at that point, like me personally, I wouldn't keep him as a starter. I'm like, go sit down and be a backup. But when you look at the rest of the guys on this list, like Zeke, Demarcus, and Dak, all of those guys, I still have hope and I believe 100% that they can play better and that it's just a matter of whatever's happening in this 2020 season. But I don't have any hope. I, I feel like this is Jalen and I feel like He's not going to get any better than what we've seen. So to me, he has to be absolutely the, the worst one uh, on the list. Uh, because as far as money, yes, the other guys are taking up a lot of money as well. But I, I still feel kind of okay with their future and thinking that they will be better uh, next year or even in this second half of the season. Nick. Um I, I think it's Demarcus Lawrence is the is really? the, yeah is the worst contract uh, of the group. But I mean, just because it's like you guys were talking about how do you, how do you get out from under it? I mean, it's not. I mean, he's not pr- producing to that to that level. Uh, if you th- really look at the deal, I mean, the way they structured it, it's it's average. It's an average of twenty one million. But like the last year is he's only making three. So that's a that's a year that doesn't really. It's a wash. I mean, these three years. In the middle here, this bulk is—it's really twenty-seven million a year. Twenty-seven million a year is what he's what his cap count is for these three years. And so, by doing that, I mean, you just look at defensive ends around the league that you could that are making twelve, thirteen, fourteen million, or whatever. Even Clowney's at thirteen million. I mean, just think about what production you could get, and then get another safety or get a linebacker or something else. I mean. I like him. I think he's he's playing better, but I mean, there's no way that he can he can play at that level. I just I don't even I don't care what Pro Football Focus says about all this win rate and stuff like that. Like, I don't think he's making that much of a difference for 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 that price. And I think it's handicapping the whole defense. I uh, I look at this this list and I I think I agree with the premise of what. Amber and Dave are saying because I think Jalen Smith is the worst of these players and so for him to be making a significant amount of money against your cap that's a bit of a problem but if I'm looking at this to be honest with you I think the worst deal here is Zeke and the reason why I say I think he's that's the worst deal is not so much even Zeke's fault it it's more a situation of what are you getting for what you're paying for? It kind of goes to what your your premise, Nick, and I think it's worse with Zeke. I think the replacement value of a guy like Zeke, a, a really good NFL running back, can be a significant amount less than this. What you would have to invest in order to get a comparable running back would be significantly less. Right now, I said he's the number two paid, highest paid running back in the NFL. Right now, he is 15th in yards this season uh, in the NFL. He's only averaging, was it, 63.6 yards a game. So when you look at what you're getting for the money and you look at replacement value for a comparable quarterback and you start looking at some of these names, these guys are, a lot of these guys are on first contracts, which again, that goes back to the idea of in, in today's NFL, you're better off just always drafting one and keeping one ready 
a young guy that you just kind of keep rolling with because the amount of money you have to pay for him is significantly less, but you can get a huge amount of value. Like you can't do that with a lot of other positions. Like quarterback, right. you can't you don't expect the guy to come in and immediately be great. Running back, that's one of the positions in the NFL where guys are great right off the street. Immediately when they come in the door, they can be great. And so you might as well take advantage of the lesser money that you have to pay for those guys. And again, that's not Zeke's fault. That's more as just a situation of just how the NFL plays out and how players play out from the standpoint of value relative to what they can bring to the team. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our Okay, final. but – Go ahead, Dave. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, I just – I think – these are very different conversations, and I think you need to, you gotta, you kind of have to differentiate because I, I, I agree with everything you just said. The problem is, is it productive to say, oh, maybe they shouldn't have signed Zeke, maybe they shouldn't have signed Demarcus, they shouldn't have done that. It's done. Like the money's been spent, the cap has been affected, and that's what brings me back to Jalen Smith is because I look at it and I say. Zeke is not giving me my bang for my buck, but I can win with Zeke. Demarcus Lawrence, I'd love him to get more sacks. I can win with Demarcus Lawrence. Jalen Smith, I'd say, I don't know how I field a very, very good defense if Jalen Smith is one of the foundational pieces of it. And that is why, so like I said, like you go into the offseason, I'm not worried about, like, I, don't, I don't feel like they need to cut or restructure Zeke or DeMarcus. I really don't. He, it would be great if they could, but that's not the way it works. Well, they won't say Whereas money with Jalen Smith, I'm like, yeah. Exactly. And, but Jalen Smith's situation is the point where I'm like, if you want this team to be better, you got to figure out a way to, to fix that. Like, whether, whether it's a restructure, whether it's you cut him, whether yada, 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 I don't know. Demarcus and Zeke can be very good, very productive members of a playoff team. It, the, the Jalen Smith situation is different, in my opinion, and that's why I answered that way. No, I, I agree with what you're saying, and, and I guess I, I think you're right. It's probably two different conversations. Who's the better player? And we're going to get into that. Uh, or who's the worst player, I guess, in this instance. But there's also the contract. And, and I know you can't go back and change the contracts at this point. And the question is not so much from the standpoint of going forward. It's more a situation of, in retrospect, where did you make the biggest mistake? And, and again, I personally believe that the biggest mistake was made in signing a second contract with a guy that's going to cost you $90 million at the running back position. And that is not about Zeke again. Mm. That is about – I don't know that there is a running back – you got to go to the trend, like the 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 all-time transcendent running backs for you to say it is worth going into a second deal uh, with them in today's NFL because there are just so many guys that are coming into the league that are capable and ready to be able to produce at a high level coming in. Yeah, and I that's why I think D it's it's D Law just because of the money that it the same thing. I just don't think he's going to he's not going to be that kind of player, and he hasn't. He hasn't been in the last two years. And so, I mean, he's been a good defensive end, but he hasn't been to that level, 21 million or even 27 million if you count these these last three years. But that's just how they structured it. He's 21 million a year. Yeah, and I will say this. That, that was one of the points I made earlier about his cap hit. The fact that he is the, the fifth highest paid defensive end, but his cap hit is ranked 16th, that tells you that they kind of worked it to where it's not really killing them from a cap standpoint even though he's getting a, a ton of money. Where is he ranking sacks? <laughs> is it 16th? I don't, I don't think I have so. a question <laughs> yeah, about his, his contract. That When I was looking at uh, some of these guys' contracts, maybe I should know this, but 
I don't. Um, I understand the whole signing bonus thing, but I don't get why was his signing bonus so high? It looked it was twenty five million dollars, and when you look at other guys, I mean, I didn't see any other like signing bonus that high. Why do you have to give that amount of money right off the bat? Well, for for those players, you know. It, at this point in the game, when when you're talking about guys that are wanting a negotiation, the number one money or figure that they're looking at is guaranteed money. Like that's that's what they want is guaranteed. What is the guaranteed? Because uh, the contracts aren't guaranteed, but what is the money that's guaranteed? And so obviously a signing bonus hits their pocket right then. That's guaranteed. And then sometimes they have guaranteed seasons and guaranteed bonuses that that go you know throughout the year. So so for him when they were doing the negotiation. Yeah, 21, 21 million was a big deal for him. But also, what is the what is the overall guaranteed money? And so, that's the way to do that is to, you know, give them guaranteed money and then and then divide it out. And that's that's the sticking point. I think I think it's a sticking point with with Dak right now. Obviously, with the four and five years, but it, it comes down to Cowboys want five years because they want to give them enough bonus money and spread it out. Which doesn't take more of a hit. Yeah, that goes to that that him being 16th in cap hit is because they can take a lot of that money. And what the Cowboys did, they took a lot of that money that was guaranteed and they put it into a signing bonus, and then they could spread it out. Which means that his hit on the cap every single year is much less than it would be yeah. if you didn't do that. So it's just a way to to kind of manage your cap. I think from the standpoint of ultimately, you know, getting the guy the money he wants, the guaranteed money he wants, but doing it in a way that gives you some relief on your cap. Are right, we going to take our final break? When we come back, I want to talk about a comment that Jerry made earlier this morning on the radio, where he called Ezekiel Elliott the best player on this team. I'm going to ask these guys if they agree with that, and if not, who they think the best player on this team is. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. 
to the break. You can snap a photo with your favorite player, favorite Cowboys player, anywhere, at any time. AT&T pose with the pros. You go to the Cowboys app under the stadium tab. Welcome back to this final segment of The Break, live at the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're heading up uh, toward the end of the show, and we're going to get to our picks here in just a moment. But I did want to address a question. Stop it, Dave. I did want to address a question that uh, Jerry <laughs> that Jerry asked this morning, or oh, answered this morning uh, on the radio uh, on our sister station, 105.3 The Fan. Um, he was asked about you know Zeke, and he said uh, Jerry, he called Zeke the, the best player on the team. Now, assuming all players are healthy, let's assume that you know everybody's healthy and, and can play. You guys agree with that statement? And if not, who do you think is the best player on this team? Let's start with you, Amber. Uh, I I would say he's the best player of the team. I don't. He's not playing like the best player of the team this year. But in general, I would say I would say so. If you're looking at, at this season per se, I would have to give a shout out to LP this year because I think he's only made like one mistake this year in the game against Philly other than that um, that, that's basically it I think this is the first time I ever even mentioned LP so yeah he would be maybe the best player for me this year but overall I, I would still stick to Zeke you made the best player. You made about what, the strongest statement. Do? No, no, you made the strongest statement you've made all season just then by saying LP was the best player. Because it's not about the fact that LP is the best player. It's about the fact of all the other guys that are not better than LP. That is the statement, right? That tells you just how bad of a season it's really been. I mean, I want you to get her to pronounce his last name is what I want you to do. <laughs> Kidding. Now this, sir? Yeah. There you go. Good job. Boom. I've heard it. Nick. I- you know, you know, actually, you know, that's how we say it, Latticer. Yeah. yeah. But actually, in the pronunciation guide, it's supposed to say Latticer. Latticer. But we don't. No one says that. So mm-hmm. Latticer. All right, now Nick, you're up. Uh, I, yeah, just I kind of just popped up because I wasn't expecting that answer. I would have thought you would have said Zerline uh, because he's actually won the two games. But well, no. he's missed. He's missed a couple. Yeah, every, you know, all of his misses are 50 yards or more. So he, he's had. And that's consistent with training well, camp had, as well. He, miss, he did miss an uh, extra point, if yeah. you count that. But uh, best best player overall, I mean, it's kind of a cop out, but I mean, he is the best player. Is is Zach Martin is your best player, I think. I think he's the, I think he's a, the best at his position. I think he. you could see, even from the guard position, you saw that things were you know, they went terribly wrong without him um, in, in Washington. So um, I, I think he he is their their best player. I think he's now become better and more consistent than Tyron Smith when it comes to the line. And you know, I but but that's kind of a problem. That's what she said. That's what I'm saying. You're not winning with with that's they're not drafting guards number one. They're not drafting deep. They're not drafting snappers at all. Yeah. So the problem is, is your most consistent best players at their position aren't the ones that are considered the premier positions there. Yep. Dave. It's Zach for sure. I mean, I, just it's you just look at it and say, who on this team is the best in the league at what he does? And it's Zach Martin. Who on this team has a real case to go to the Hall of Fame one day? Zach Martin. Nobody else does. Um, Zeke. I, I, I think more highly of Zeke than a lot of people do, but he's averaging fewer than four yards per carry. He leads the league in fumbles among running backs or among non-quarterbacks, I should say. Um, 
he does like he doesn't have any explosive runs. Like go look at go look at the season long for all of the top rushers in the league. Mm-hmm. Zeke has one of the worst of anybody that's in the top twenty. Uh, and I you know I get it. He's not playing with his quarterback. He's not playing with his preferred offensive line, but. To be a fifteen million dollar running back, you're supposed to be able to make it work in those circumstances. Um, I don't, I don't know that I'd have Zeke in my top four or five. Uh, and I mean, yeah, if you extend it to guys that are on IR, I think Tyron, Dak, and Demarcus, I would put all of them above Zeke right now. Yeah, I can't argue with that too much. I actually was thinking uh, that I, I might go the route of saying Dak, but I think the point that Dave just made is really the point. There's only one player on this team that, based on what we've seen so far, now maybe maybe Dak some, somehow can become that later, uh, but based on what we've seen so far, there's only one player on this, well, I should say two, two players on this team that I think have a legitimate shot to be in the Hall of Fame one day, Zach Martin and Tyron Smith. I don't think it's even close. I think those are the only two right now that I think have a legitimate shot, based on what we've seen so far, that have a legitimate shot of maybe getting into well, the Hall of Fame. Well, you got to be qualified that, too, because the Arizona Cardinals, the, the best guy they've got to go to the Hall of Fame is Larry Fitzgerald, and he's not their best player on their True. team. So you got to be – And that's my point. Like, yeah. I think Zach is still playing at that level. Yeah. I don't know that Tyron is still playing at that level. I think that Tyron – but that goes back to what Dave was saying about the Hall of Fame. Like, that's why, if you're going to say the best player on this team, Zach is still playing at the level where he is among the very best at the guard position in the NFL this year. Yeah. That all being said, and based upon his career, he, to me, is, is clearly your best player. I do think, though, I, I see Dak making that push to where he will be your best player, in my opinion, within the next year or two. I truly believe that because of what I've I've seen from him so far. Dave, do you have something you want to throw in? I just if he I I know you know you can roll your eyes. He hasn't been he he hasn't been reliably healthy in a long time. But if Tyron Smith's healthy, he's still there. He's still one of the best three or four tackles in football right now. And I I maybe it's just because I I know the guy. I've been around him. I just think I think he'll be right back where he's supposed to be next year if. If his recovery and everything goes well, and that's the big key, if the recovery goes well, well and he's back to himself, right? Just, and he can play. Just look at the, the Cleveland year. game. Yeah. Look at the Cleveland game. Yeah. He missed the week before. He comes back for that game. Uh, actually, he missed the two weeks before. He comes back for that game and he plays. And he played pretty well in that game. There was no issues on that side of the line. Mm-hmm. And then he had season-ending surgery. It's not like he felt better and he got yep. hurt on the last play. Of the By the game. way, that's been his career. Like he's right. a guy that battles through things. Right. Obviously. So, so the point that I, I'm making, that I think Dave's making, and you know, we all can see that if that's the standard when you you're on the verge of having season-ending surgery on your neck, and you can finally get healthy, then yeah, he's going to be right yeah. back to. It. And I still think he's got four or five good years if he can if, if this surgery really helps. It's all about health. Yeah, him. it is absolutely all about health. All right. Real quick before we end the show, let's go ahead and get some picks for this weekend's game, Cowboys versus Vikings. Dave, you're up first. What happens this weekend? Um, I think I mean I think they're gonna look better. I, I I really think they've turned a corner and and you know, we've put that spell of just awfulness behind us. But I still think this is a flawed football team. Obviously, how could they not be with all of these injuries? Um I I mean I Across the board, I just think the Vikings basically have every advantage. I don't think the world of Kirk Cousins, but at this juncture, I think he's better than Andy Dalton. I think Dalvin Cook speaks for himself. Uh, the Vikings are at home. So I, I think it'll be a much more competitive game, but I'll still take the Vikings to win like 27 to 21. Sounds fair. Okay. Amber. 
Um, I'll try to be quick. I, I, I think that a win is coming for the Cowboys at some point. I don't think it's going to be this game, though, maybe Thanksgiving. Uh, I think that the offense does play better. And But at the same time, I don't trust the Cowboys' defense to be able to stop this kind of running game. So I think the Vikings win, and I would say something like 28-17, um, around there. I agree with everybody. Um, you know, the Vikings don't really scare you, but you know the Cowboys. Are, the Cowboys do. You know, they, they, they scare <laughs> you just by the way that they can play. I think they're going to play better, but I don't see them winning this. Um, I agree that a, a victory is on. You know, it's got to happen at some point. But I don't think it's this week. I think the Vikings are actually playing better too, so that that doesn't help the Cowboys much. I think twenty-three twenty was the score that I'm going with, and that means it's going to come down to probably field goals. We'll see if Dan Bailey makes one. For them, but I, I go 23-20. All right. I think it's going to be a really close game. I actually think Dallas is going to continue on the trajectory they've been on these last two games where they've played better offensively and defensively. I do think there will be some big runs for Dalvin Cook uh, because you don't get away from games mainly unless you got a great defense. You're not going to get into a game with the Minnesota Vikings and not have Dalvin Cook hit you for a couple big plays. However, I think on the, on the whole, I actually think it's going to be a little upset. I think the Cowboys get the win this week. I think they win 24-23, a very, very close game. But I think they play better, and that's the key. I think they're going to be playing better than they've been playing, and I think it's going to continue with what we've seen these last two weeks. I don't think that's an aberration. I think this team is actually getting better, and I think this will be the, the moment when we start to say, okay, now maybe they're turning a corner. Now let's see what happens down the stretch and if they can get on a bit of a run, regardless of what happens with the playoffs. Mm. Can they get on a bit of a run so that you can restore a little bit of faith in the fact that they hired this whole coaching staff and you were expecting better, right. expecting different. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back on Monday. We'll tell you what went right and what went wrong for the Cowboys. So then for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!